I'm Romano Georgi. Welcome to the Much Better You 3 in 15 podcast. This podcast packs three life-bettering, easy-to-grasp principles into weekly 15-minute episodes. These life hacks are designed to improve your mental, social, and financial health and wealth. Give the next 15 your full and undivided attention, for the much better you is waiting. Danger Will Robinson. Hello, Ma. Welcome to episode six of the Much Better You 3 in 15 podcast. I hope you're feeling stupendous. Now, I know what you're thinking. How on earth can I best support my favorite new podcast? Well, that's a great question. So thank you for asking. Perhaps you could subscribe to the 3 in 15 podcast on your favorite podcast app. For instance, Apple, Spotify, or Google. You could also leave glowing reviews whilst on these apps, as these would help to raise the 3 in 15's profile. And finally, you could request to join the 3 in 15 podcast Facebook group, where you will be able to get early updates, join in with discussions, plus suggest future podcast principles. Apologies to those of you who have also been trying to interact with the muchbetteryou.com website. I will get this up and running as soon as I possibly can. Before I plunge in, I'd like to say that this podcast seems to be gaining some really good traction with over 900 downloads already. Plus, I've had some great feedback in. So thank you so much for taking the time and making the effort to both listen and leave me reviews or feedback. I'd also like to shout out some special thanks to four people in particular. Charlotte for her generous and highly capable social media PR work, guidance and steer. Apparently, I'm not far behind a nan when it comes to my Instagram prowess. Thank you very much. Scylla, my wife, who essentially got all this on track, as technically this was all her idea. And finally, Tom and Nico for their invaluable feedback, both when I was piloting this podcast, plus their continued support ever since. In fact, Nico posted something on Instagram the other day that really resonated with me. And so I wanted to steal it and make it my own. I mean, share it with you all. He said that so many people say stuff like, I have to go to work or I have to go to the gym. When instead they should be saying stuff like, I get to go to work or I get to go to the gym. In gratitude and reflection of the fact that not everyone is able to do these things. Things that we often take for granted. Anyway, thank you, Nico, Tom, Charlotte, and Scylla. Beautiful, beautiful. Anyway, in today's killer perceptive and groundbreaking episode that the PM himself now has time to listen to, Shit or bust. I shall be talking about how to and why it is so important to listen. I said how to and why it is so important to listen. We shall discuss why preaching is the last thing you should do. And finally, I'll be encouraging you to just be yourself. Okay, unless you are busy sticking your head in a crocodile's mouth in a reckless bid to show off to someone who has just informed you that they'd forgotten beforehand to feed the now hungry crocodile, sit back, relax, and plug in. This will feel a little weird.
Welcome to the Much Better You 3 in 15 podcast. Episode 6, Principle 1. Learn to listen. Okay, now for one of my controversial statements. <gasps> Listening is one of those few skills that pretty much everyone thinks they have, yet the vast majority of people will never possess. Ernest Hemingway once said, I like to listen. I have learned a great deal from listening carefully. Most people never listen. And just to clarify from the outset, hearing and listening are not the same thing. No shit. Hearing is the physiological act of hearing sounds in through your ears and not so much brain work. Hearing is a passive physical act that does not require concentration. Listening, however, according to physician and Psychology Today author Kristen Fuller, MD, revolves around actively paying attention to the words and sounds that you hear to absorb their meaning and develop an emotional response. Listening can be defined as hearing something with thoughtful attention. Listening is a voluntary act. If you choose to listen, then it is an active process. So to summarise, hearing is passive, whereas listening is an active process that you choose to undertake. So, even though schools don't teach it, which is bonkers by the way, what does active listening require? Well, it requires curiosity, motivation, purpose and effort. The active listener attempts to internalise and understand what they are hearing in order to connect with the other person and have a meaningful conversation. Active listening is a prerequisite to understanding and solving a problem with another individual. Not surprisingly then, is active listening also a prerequisite to healthy relationships among peers, co-workers, romantic partners, family and friends. On the opposite end of the spectrum is passive listening, which is characterised by being disconnected, inattentive and unreceptive. A passive listener has no desire to contribute effectively to a conversation. They have likely already formed an opinion, so they are unwilling to work with others to forge a solution. Needless to say, passive listening is not a good way to communicate with people that you are striving to form relationships with. Hence, marriages break down, friendships will be insincere, and inevitably our mental health will suffer. Why? When we choose not to listen to others, we may potentially create a rift in our relationship with that person, be it our spouse, child, co-worker, peer or friend. Perhaps we choose not to listen to someone because we are just too busy or too distracted or we do not want to hear what they have to say. Essentially, we are minimising them by telling them that what they are saying or feeling is not important to us. By passively listening, we're causing strain on that relationship, which can eventually affect not only our mental health, but maybe even that of the person we are not listening to. On the other hand, by choosing to actively listen and engage with others, we show them that they matter and that we are willing to form an alliance with them. By choosing to actively listen to and engage with others, we may well see the following benefits. We can resolve conflicts and create better solutions for the future. We can create strong and genuine relationships. And we can understand, exchange knowledge and expand our otherwise limited horizons. No bloody wonder that active listening is the cornerstone to any healthy marriage, business alliance or friendship. 
Active listening is essential to improving your interpersonal relationships. Can I let you into a little secret? Sometimes I am a very bad listener because once I think of something to say in response to someone or once I get a really good idea that I think will blow that person's mind, I would try to hold on to that thought or idea so that I may tell them about it when they have finished talking. This, however, comes at the cost of consciously listening to that person. I know this isn't good. Work in progress. So here's some top tips for you and me to become a better active listener. Top tips. Focus. Focus on the conversation by blocking out other thoughts and sounds from your mind to pay attention to the words being spoken. Staying present in the conversation is often challenging, so you will need to limit other distractions. Try putting your phone away, for instance, and don't be one of those that instead put their phones face down on the table. Out of sight, out of mind. Respect. Have you ever been in the middle of saying something that you thought the other person was engaged with and then all of a sudden the other person gets distracted by something on the TV or a stranger walking by? I remember once when my dad was ill, for instance, somebody asked me how he was. When I started to answer them, they broke eye contact and instead started looking at someone else walking past with a dog. I must confess it takes a lot to piss me off, but I found that to be particularly disrespectful. Unless your trousers are on fire, God help your future relationship with that person if you undermine their efforts to engage or enlighten you. Top tips. Ask good questions. Active listening requires asking open-ended questions and genuinely being curious about the conversation. Respond with an okay or a no, and it may come across as you're not listening or interested in the conversation. Instead, when someone makes the effort to share something with you, take it upon yourself to learn more by asking thoughtful questions. By asking who, what, where, when, how questions, you are demonstrating that you are listening and that you want to learn more. And if you find the conversation to be boring, challenge yourself to make the best of it. For sometimes something completely left field and unexpected may come crashing out of it that may be totally gripping and enlightening. Wait to speak. Do you know what else I do sometimes? That's another work in progress. I try to finish other people's sentences for them when I feel that they are struggling to articulate a particular thought. I do not recommend it. Unfortunately, most people in conversation, according to the movie Fight Club, are simply waiting for their turn to speak. We just love the sound of our own voices, and so we often interrupt others before they have finished speaking. In my own defence, Your Honour, my family is Italian, so conversation involving five people will often involve five people all talking at the same time. However, to be a good, active listener, we must wait until the other person is done talking and sharing their ideas. There are cues that will tell you when someone is done speaking, perhaps in the form of visual non-verbal cues or listening to them closing a sentence or a thought. Not only should you concentrate on the words being spoken, but you should also be aware of how the words are spoken. And then we should take a moment to pause before we share our own opinions. And finally, eye contact and posture. Eye contact is an important part of face-to-face conversation, as is posture. 
Try to keep your posture open, as crossed arms, for instance, make you look closed or defensive. However, leaning forward slightly or even a slight tilt of the head demonstrates active listening. Improve your active listening skills to improve your communication skills and better your interpersonal relationships. Learn to listen. Episode 6, Principle 2. Don't preach. There are times to teach and there are times not to teach. There is never, however, a good time to preach. Just to clarify, before we get stuck in, look up the word preacher on Google and you'll usually get something like a person who delivers sermons on religious topics to an assembly of people. However, in this principle, when I refer to preaching or preachers, I'm referring to people whose message is not about religion, but instead about some sort of worldview, be it philosophical or about personal development, for instance. To add my own further spin on it, to me, someone who preaches is essentially someone that tries to impose their own agenda or worldview onto others from what they perceive to be a position of superiority, a position of being there, done that, or I know better than you, so do as I say. And I must confess, the reason I created this particular principle was so that you could perhaps take something away from my own experiences in this area. You see, at the risk of getting myself into some hot water, if they should ever listen to this, I have siblings that I think have pretty self-destructive tendencies. For instance, they'll have poor sleeping regimes, e.g. going to bed at 4am, or instead just sleeping on the sofa in front of the TV. They do zero exercise, have really poor diets, they never read much in the way of books, etc, etc. Now, because I know these things they do or don't do even are really detrimental to their physical and mental health, I have for years and up until quite recently been trying to get them to see the error of their ways. And how have I done this? I'm ashamed to say by nagging or preaching. And does it work? Does it? Of course it doesn't. And yes, in the context of this principle, nag or preach are interchangeable. But anyway, why doesn't nagging or preaching work? Well, for a start, it creates resentment. Because your siblings or your spouse or your child resent you, the last thing they'll want to do is the thing that you're nagging them about. Essentially, they'll be motivated to punish you by not doing it. Preaching or nagging someone will make that person feel controlled or manipulated into doing something against their will. Hence, they'll dig their heels in. Preaching or nagging is exhausting for the recipient because it wears them down, so they're most likely to shut off or hang up that phone. Preaching or nagging focuses on what the person is not doing. It has negative focus because it is pointing out all the things that are wrong with that person. It makes them feel unworthy for not doing certain things, which ironically may further contribute to that person's poor mental health. Instead of building them up, you are pulling them down. And finally, when you preach or nag someone, according to my siblings, it makes you look like a complete and condescending So what should you do instead? Top tips. I genuinely believe that some people sometimes need to discover the truth for themselves. And all we can do is love and support them along the way and afterwards too. 
make a fuss about and possibly encourage the good things that they do, no matter how small. As even small incremental improvements are better than no improvements. And who knows, several small improvements later, and the momentum may carry them forward into bigger improvements. And finally, rather than preaching or nagging, try to lead by example instead, without rubbing their noses in it, by the way. Walk the walk and let them see the positive effects in your own life. And who knows, they may decide to follow the same path. Don't preach. Episode 6, Principle 3. Be yourself. I'm going to start this principle with the words of Eric Fromm. Today we come across an individual who behaves like an automaton, who does not know or understand himself, and the only person that he knows is the person that he is supposed to be, whose meaningless chatter has replaced communicative speech, whose synthetic smile has replaced genuine laughter, and whose sense of dull despair has taken the place of genuine pain. Two statements may be said concerning this individual. One is that he suffers from defects of spontaneity and individuality, which may seem to be incurable. At the same time, it may be said of him, he does not differ essentially from the millions of the rest of us who walk upon this earth. Back to me. Essentially, most people do not act like themselves, their true selves. Instead, they act the way they think that other people think they should act. I repeat, most people do not act like themselves, their true selves. Instead, they act the way they think that other people think they should act. Many people are therefore not authentic. And what is ironic is that you may well not even be right about what other people genuinely think of you. Generally, if you have low self-esteem or low self-confidence, chances are you will assume that others consider you to be weak, untrustworthy, stupid, or even just a plain waste of space. And so your insecurity or negative self-judgment is based on what you think others think of you, which is a pretty weak foundation, isn't it? In fact, I'm afraid to tell you that you are not that important. Rather than thinking about you, most people are instead worrying about what you think of them. So to a story... A friend of mine, I won't give her an actual name, so let's just call her Annie. Annie went to a Rammstein gig recently, and she bloody loved it. She called me up straight after the concert to tell me how great it was and how happy she was that she pushed herself to stand at the very front of the arena crowd. Now, if you know anything about the band Rammstein, trust me, standing at the front requires courage. Anyway, she called me up and her voice was shaking with euphoria and adrenaline because she had just experienced a wholly positive and life-changing event. She spent the next few days quite literally on cloud nine, all until something happened. She had some builders working on her house later on that week and, as she likes to do, Annie was playing her music playlist in the background when Rammstein came on, to which one of the builders told her to turn it off. When she asked him why, the irritated builder went off on one about how he found the language Rammstein used in their songs to be obscene and offensive and that Annie had poor taste in music. Please note I am sanitising what the builder really said. Anyway, without going into detail, he picked on the wrong person because a big argument ensued. 
Unfortunately, though, what started off as euphoria had become despair. Top of the world turned into down in the gutters, all because a person had voiced his judgment on both Annie and her taste in music. Annie had allowed someone else to determine her outlook and mood, to hijack her happiness, her self-belief and confidence. This person projected his own concerns and character weaknesses onto Annie. He did not reflect her true character. I tried explaining this to Annie at the time, but it was way too late. The damage had already been done. So the lesson here is that you shouldn't allow other people's opinions to influence how you feel. You should strive to be less reactive because, as Stephen Covey puts it, Reactive people build their emotional lives around the behaviour of others, empowering the weaknesses of other people to control them, as Annie did here. Proactive people, on the other hand, while still influenced by external stimuli, choose their response based on their own internal values. These internal values do not need external validation from others. As Eleanor Roosevelt observed, no one can hurt you without your consent. Now, to quote Covey further, it is our willing permission, our consent to what happens to us that hurts us far more than what happens to us in the first place. I admit this is very hard to accept emotionally, especially if we have had years and years of explaining our misery in the name of circumstance or someone else's behaviour. But until a person can say deeply and honestly, I am what I am today because of the choices I made yesterday. That person cannot say, I choose otherwise. If you take nothing else from this episode or even this whole podcast, please make sure you take this. It is not what happens to us, but our response to what happens to us that hurts us. I'll repeat, it is not what happens to us, but our response to what happens to us that hurts us. Now, I'll explore this in greater depth in future 3 and 15 podcast episodes, as I'd like to keep this particular principle a bit more practical for now. Ignore what other people think of you and decide for yourself whether you like your own music, whether you're a good parent, whether you're great at your job, or whether you are socially confident. If you decide, for example, that you could improve your performance in your job environment, don't be insecure. Do something about it. Perhaps you can try out different strategies, ask your peers for help, or if, I don't know, Excel spreadsheets are an important part of your job, but you just can't get the hang of them, do training courses to address this. Or if you can't get passionate about your job, full stop, maybe look at changing jobs to something that you do enjoy and hence can more likely excel at. All of these things, according to Richard Templer in his book, The Rules of Living Well, will get you to a point where you know you're good at your job, so you can then take responsibility for feeling confident and secure about it. Your proactivity will enable you to no longer rely on anyone else to guide how you feel. This can apply to social confidence too, where you can learn ploys or strategies, for instance, that will enable you to stretch your comfort zone. Maybe push yourself to publicly ask that burning question you have at the end of a seminar, or instead of hiding behind a WhatsApp message, maybe you can chase up that late electrician with a direct phone call. And by the way, Templar has one final tip that I'd like to add. 
If you can't rely on other people's poor opinions of you, real or perceived, you can't rely on their good opinions either. Compliments, admiration and respect are very nice, so enjoy them, but don't ever let it be a substitute for your own honest self-appraisal. And by the way, in case you're curious about how the story of Annie and the Builder panned out, the next day he apologised to her and gave her a big hug. Be yourself. All aboard! Congratulations. You've made it to the end of episode six of the three in 15 podcast, in which I covered the following three principles. Learn to listen, don't preach, and be yourself. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the 3 and 15 podcast on whichever podcast platform floats your dinghy, be it Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Pandora, etc. And do please leave some positive reviews on these podcast platforms as this will help to raise the profile of your favorite new podcast. I will get the muchbetteryou.com website up and running as soon as I can. But regardless, do please join the 3 and 15 podcast Facebook group so that you can join in with discussions, suggest future 3 and 15 podcast episode principles, and finally comment on the following final thought of the day, care of John Archibald Wheeler. As our island of knowledge grows, so does the shore of our ignorance. Ooh. I repeat, as our island of knowledge grows, so does the shore of our ignorance. Thank you so much for listening. Have a right proper top week and I'll see you at the next one. Shit or bust. Preempt or threat. Made by the few. Yeah.